Okay, let's begin. Um, so what is this Shifas thing? And this is, uh, you guys are like a, a test lab over here in the uh, in the Shear, as we're going to do our first run. And um, we're not stuck into this to oblivion. We're going till Rosh Hashanah. See, we can get the goal ultimately is um, real mastery over that which you learned, that you should be able to be uh, sitting in uh, online at Mensch. And while you're there, you can review the entire Gemara in your head uh, back and forth, Shaklavataria. Uh, someone brings up a comment in a shear that you're at, you're sitting there. You could say to yourself, wait a second, Chagiga Daf Zion on the bottom, three lines in the bottom, actually says a little bit differently than what this person is saying up there. Um, and so why this, this robust goal to have a Masechta at your fingertips, to have true mastery over Masechta. So the idea behind Shifas is uh, ultimately to say to yourselves, it's 2022. We know so much about how the brain works nowadays. We really, Baruch Hashem, we're in a generation where we really understand the ins and outs of current brain research. There's so many great learning methods, and each of them seemed to miss a little something, meaning Dafyomi was never intended for mastery. It was never intended for mastery. It was intended for people to take a journey, a consistent uh, journey through Shas together. So the Mila of Dafyomi is that it's consistent. It's every day. The deficiency of Dafyomi is that you really um, don't have true mastery on any section of Shas because of it. And at times it could leave you a little frustrating because uh, you learned something 10 days ago and someone talks to you about it, you have, as though you never heard it before. Um, you know, and unless you're doing a, a triple Dafyomi, uh, you know, it's not really going to stay in your head. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to uh, mitigate sort of the, uh, the handicaps of each one of the learning systems and take the best of each and to put something together that could perhaps give us an extra advantage in terms of uh, mastery over any content. Uh, so I'd like to introduce you to and walk you through a few of the various um, learning systems that we're going to be using uh, to help us enhance our learning. Okay. So number one is the Dafyomi. What I mean by the Dafyomi is we're going to take the element of consistency from the Dafyomi itself. That's number one. Consistency is key. The way it's going to work, the Sha'if is here, is uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, Shabbos morning and Sunday is going to be review, uh, used for your review. Okay, we'll get into how it works, but that's for your Chazara to be able to really review everything. Number two, there's a system called Kerem Yoshua. That's the second system I want to deal with. Kerem Yoshua is someone by the name of Shas Cohen. Shas Cohen. Um, I'll call him from time to time. For example, if I needed to discuss um, every Gemara that has a uh, commentary or something to say about foods they used to eat, you can call up Shas Cohen and I'll quickly rattle off for you 16 different dapim or pages of where they discuss food. Every detail. Shas Cohen is a, really a brilliant individual. You could buy his safer. It's called Karam Yoshua. So what's his methodology? I spoke to him a lot about his system and his method. His method is if you truly seek to understand the machlokas, it stays in your mind. If you analyze the machlokas, you have a better shot of retaining the Gemara. So for example, if you have a machlokas, a Baye and Rava on this or that, you ask yourself, why would a Baye say what he says? Why would Rava say what he says? Now, sometimes the Gemara will clarify their reasons. Sometimes they're him. For Shas Cohen, it's less about being 100% accurate in you knowing why they said what they said, but rather it's the exercise of trying to think, why, what would the other opinion say back to that? That very exercise promotes a greater knowledge of the Gemara. And another element of Shas Cohen is that he's very into you reviewing the give and take. It's not about word for word. 
Um, none of these systems, by the way, are really going to emphasize word for word memory. Uh, I don't believe for a minute that when the Amorayim or the Tanayim were sitting together in the base Medrash, they uh, made sure that people memorized the exact language of the way that they argued. The Mishnah, you could say, was meant to be remembered for its syntax, but even the Mishnah, it seems, was meant to be remembered for its context and ideas. So Kerem Yeshua analyzes a machlokas, and then you review the back and forth. So we have consistency, analysis of machlokas. Then you have zichru. Zichru's become very popular lately. It's a lot of fun. If you look in page three of your Shifas packet, um, is a image from Zichru Chagiga Daf Beis. What Zichru does is he uses um, also modern memory techniques, which we're going to get into. Um, I've been spending, I've been studying memory techniques since I was 10 years old. Um, but Zichru uses a lot of them, it incorporates it. So, for example, Daf Beis, Beis, the letter Beis is a bayit, it's a house. So he always has a picture of a house. And then he keeps three main ideas from Daf Bays in the image. It's already there embedded in the image. So you now have a visual. So worst case scenario, if somebody says to you, Chagiga Daf Zion, you have the image for Zion. Zion's always his gun. You have an image of a gun and then three pictures that are associated with it. So you have three topics from Chagiga Daf Zion right away. At least that. You may not have, now the deficiency of Zichru is you don't need to know much more than that. You could just rattle off three things from every single Dauphin Shas and sound like you know everything, but you can't go into any of the back and forth uh, whatsoever. And you can't really explain what you mean, but you have a picture of, uh, you know, for example, you have on, on uh, you know, Ksuvis Daf uh, Vav, you have a Pirza de Chuka, person going through a narrow entryway. So you have a picture of a rabbi entering into a Pirza de Chuka. What do you do with that sugya? So unless you learned it, you don't know what to do with it, but you memorize something. So that's another component, having a visual aid, because uh, the words, every Gemara looks very similar to us and begins to get monotonous after a while. But if you have a visual, it's very powerful. Uh, Master Torah, which I think actually ironically came down this week, uh, Master Torah's unique contribution to the learning world was uh, the creator of it actually uh, created a review system that makes sense based on modern brain research. How frequent, when, and at what intervals should you be reviewing something to maximize your retention of the information? We know, we know this information now because it's all been researched. We know exactly at what intervals you need to be hitting the information again so that it cycles back and stays with you. So we're gonna have review charts that allow you to review at the right frequency, the right vibrations, the right amount, so you retain the uh, information. Um, there are the World Memory Championships that take place each year. Maybe we should take a trip there once. Uh, one of the great early champions of the World Memory Techniques and uh, Championships was uh, a British scholar by the name of Tony Buzan. Tony Buzan has since capitalized on his popularity. He has uh, put out numerous books on memory, but his most unique contribution to the world of memory is popularizing something called a mind map. So you could take a look at uh, the values of a mind map are mentioned on page six and seven and eight and nine. But if you look at page 10, that's a mind map. You, you create now here, the unique thing about a mind map. Now, by the way, you can do as little as as much you want to do with this Shifas. If you say, Rabbi, leave me alone with pictures and, 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 and cycles of review. I came to sit here, hear a nice little sheer and go. That's great too. You could do that too. 
But uh, every element that you could add that we're going to be adding, and I'll tell you when, that's going to be in one day. This is going to be over time that you could add into your learning. The more you're doing to enforce and reinforce the learning that you're doing. So, for example, this is a mind map. Let's say I'll give you an example of how you could use a mind map, right? Um, your uh, significant other says, I need you to go to, uh, to Kern's Market to pick up uh, 14 things. Okay, so one way to do it is you make a list on your phone of 14 things, but that doesn't develop your mind in any way. What you could do is you could make a mind map. You make a picture of Kearns in the middle and you take strands running from each of each type of thing, picture of an avocado, picture of this. Your mind works that way. What Tony Buzan realized is your mind works in movies. Do you ever notice how if someone gives a sheer, you can't remember a single thing of it, but if you went to go see Godfather right now, you remember every single thing of the whole... The whole time, what was the difference? It was more entertaining. Sometimes it's more entertaining than the sheer, but that's not it. The issue is because we work visually. We see a we a way our minds work is we see things on a visual sphere, on a visual plane. And if we can map out our sugya on a visual plane, we also have another leg up on the information uh, being assimilated and staying with us. Um, next, I'm going to introduce you to someone by the name of Jim Quick. Jim Quick's amazing. Jim Quick, I think, uh, is an innovator of zero. What he did was he took every single great memory book out there. He co-opted it. He changed it up to modern language and he used it all in one area. So he's got a couple books out now. This guy's amazing. His name is Jim Quick. Um, he used from all the great ones. The early writers were uh, Harry Lorraine, of course, Kevin Trudeau. Dominique O'Brien is the most winning world memory champion, Dominique O'Brien. Um, but he's not a statement. This is Jim Quick. Jim Quick knows how to use social media. You could have Jim Quick text you every morning, a brain tip. So Jim Quick is amazing. What I'll take from him is a couple ideas that we could use here. Number one is something called PIE, P-I-E, place, imagine, and entwine. What that is, is you place the idea that you're trying to learn somewhere on your body. So for example, what he does is he has 10 spots on his body he always uses: Up here, up here, up here, right here, stomach, hips, knee, he goes higher, top to bottom, 10 spots, 10 places on the body. You then imagine the 10 things you're trying to memorize connected to each one of those places. So if you're memorizing uh, the 10 laws of Tuma, you take the first law and you connect it to the top of your head. You, you, you place it there, you imagine it there, and then you mix the two images together. That's called pi. I'm going to show you down the line how to use pi. Um, he's developed the idea that all your best learning is state dependent. If you're uncomfortable, if you're hot, if you can't see the Gemara, the letter's too small, if the person's rambling, if it's not the right state, you're not going to learn. But if you have a nice drink in front of you, you're relaxed, you're in a good state, you're excited, you got new Gemaras that smell good, um, the whole nine yards. If you're in a great state for learning, you have a shot at that learning really sticking with you. Our best learning is state dependent. That's why schools, yeshivas, ought to spend money on how the classrooms look. You know, why you spend on the Gashmias, right? Why should we spend on the Gash? Because that's how we learn. All good learning is state dependent. It has to be the right state. It's why you can't learn anything in bed. You try to learn or retain anything in bed. For most of us, it will not stay because our minds are hardwired in the bedroom to go to sleep. That's where you fall asleep. And therefore you try, you open a book and you're reading the same page 15 times and nothing goes in because that's not the state where your optimal learning is going to happen. So best learning is uh, state dependent. His other idea is the notion of asking questions. Jews have known this for years. The more cautious you ask, the better your learning is. You ask a good question, you, uh, you're able to learn it better. Just something I know we mentioned at Charles Shudas, the passing of Professor uh, Weiss Alivni, the Sigeter Eloy. 
The Weisel Livni said, if you have a kasha that's not in the Rishonim, it means you misunderstood the whole Gemara. It's a great line. It means if you have, if you came up with a big kasha on the Gemara that's not in any of the Rishonim, it means you totally misunderstood uh, the Gemara. Um, next is uh, Jim Quick also uses the Pomodoro technique, which we're going to use every day, is never go in intervals longer than 20 to 25 minutes. Stop. 20 to 25, stop. Um, I actually ideally would like to hit the sweet spot of 21 minutes, a sheer of 21 minutes, and then you review. 21 minutes, don't go longer. Uh, the Pomodoro technique argues that people learn best in shorter chunks, shorter intervals, keep breaking it up, instead of long masses of uh, long shear, where it sounds amazing, but your mind is taking in nothing uh, at that point. Um, and he also believes in active retrieval, doing something to retain the information. All this is active retrieval, making a map, making this, making that, uh, all of that. And then there's the, uh, these, the what's called effect, the, ex, um, the, expo the expounding effect, where you have to teach somebody else the idea of Shifas is going to be down the line also that you're going to chop somebody, whether it's uh, uh, your, your grandchild, whether it's your child, whether it's a spouse, you're going to chop someone and you're going to tell them over the whole back and forth that you learned. When you have to teach it over, it's a whole other level. You're not just sitting passively. You have to actively tell it to somebody, even your kids playing on the floor. You start telling, they look at you like you're crazy. Say the sugya over to them. Say the sugya over to them. When you say the sugya over to them, you'll have that level of mastery. Next is Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss was the famous for the four-hour work week. Uh, it's a great book where he has all these hacks of how to learn things quick. He tests everything out on himself. So now this is what I think one of the strongest contributions to our learning that we're going to do. Tim Ferriss, it's in one of the pages here in the packet as well, also has what's called the um, DISS method. The DISS method is D-S-S-S. D is deconstruct. I'll give you an analogy. Let's say you want to learn how to play the drums. So D, you first got to deconstruct all the elements you need that goes into playing drums. You speak to somebody who plays drums and say, uh, Moshe, what do I need to learn to play drums? It gives you 14 different things you have to learn. That's the D. S in, in this is then you select. You have to select the key things that you actually need and get rid of the things you don't need. Get rid of the extra stuff. Select the key things that you need. The next S is sequence. Put it in an order by which you could best learn. You know what I mean? Like if you learn something in tennis that's very advanced, before you learn the basics, you're making your life crazy for no reason. You got to go in the right order. You got to figure out what's the sequence to learn it in. So if you try to do something advanced before you do the basics, you're not going to get anywhere. And the last S is my favorite S, is stakes. You lock yourself into a drum performance on sunset in two months from now. So you're stuck. The way we're going to set stakes over here is you commit yourself ahead of time to say over the Gemara or to teach a day of the Gemara in three months from now. You put yourself in a calendar. We have it up on the wall. There's no backing out. You've set stakes. You're locked in. When you set stakes, you know you have to learn it well. You're going to be the person who does the Chazara, the review for the Shir in, in a month and a half from now. You set the stakes. Um, in here also is two more concepts, and uh, that's it for the concepts. And by the way, again, we're not going to introduce each of these every day. It's too much. I'll be introducing these concepts into your limud slowly. We'll titrate them. We'll trickle them in. And we'll then have been using, you'll not even realize you'll be using all of these, uh, or at least most of them on a given day without even realizing um, that you're using them in your learning. In education now, um, every educator must know something called Bloom's Taxonomy. Bloom's Taxonomy. This is very important. Uh, this is page 24. Benjamin Bloom was an educator who, land, who, who led a campaign uh, 
to develop this idea called Bloom's Taxonomy. Bloom's Taxonomy is really the way in which proper education happens. So let's, you start from the bottom. So for example, you first have to remember some information. If you don't have any, by the way, you know, this idea, you know, it's very hot now that kids should build curiosity. Forget memorizing facts, curiosity. It's, it's uh, in my opinion, it's, it's beautiful, but it's the biggest sham. All the great, all the great innovators and thinkers and artists are all people who had to build a certain database of knowledge before they can go ahead and be curious. If any of our educators knew the kind of school that Shakespeare went to, um, they'd be horrified. I mean, they would absolutely be horrified. You had to sit there and memorize and memorize and memorize every single day, review and review and review and review. But the basic framework for any learning is you have to remember material. You have to have something. If you have nothing, you have nothing to learn off of. You have to have something. So the bottom layer is just remember. That's basic, the words of a Mishnah. Basic what words of it. Just the information. Someone just gave you the information that uh, this morning, Birkas Torah, right? So uh, one opinion one opinion is Birkas Torah. Is it there, rice or Durban? And it's a machlokas. That's the bottom level. That's just the information. Then is the next level is to understand something. What does it mean to be Durban? What does it mean to be Durban? I understand. Once I understand, I take the information I'm given, I'm opening it up. But what do I do with understanding? I can't do anything with understanding. I have to learn to apply it now. Okay, now that I understand what's deraisa, what's derabonan? Now I know how to apply it. I'll apply it, for example, um, if I have to choose what goes first. I only have time for one. I know how to apply the information that I have. But that's just very basic level. I want to go even further. Then you analyze. Once you're analyzing whether something's deraisa, that's when Mark brought up, what do you do in a case of a suffix? That's analysis. That means me taking something I have to think about it through and think on a deep level. The next level, he says, is evaluate. Once you hear the different opinions of whether you should repeat the Mr. Bura, should you repeat just the third bracha? I have to learn now how to evaluate his opinion. Why would he say just the third bracha? Very nice. Okay, I walked away with the halacha this morning. Why was that? Did anybody think to evaluate that? Once I've evaluated the svarah of the Mishnah Bura, I'm then equipped to create halachas from that. I'm able to create chedushim from that, ideas behind it. Maybe the Mr. Bruce holding the third bracha is their rice, the one's derabonan. That's why if the first two are derabonan and I don't know them by heart, could I even begin learning without saying it? Yeah, because only the third is their rice. I can now create new halachas based on that. That's the most powerful level of learning. When I could create something from that information, I could create a new shear on a different subject. That's the highest level. That was blooms. It's been hot for the last 25 years. There's the newer version of it called Webb's Depth of Knowledge, where the new scholars think this is a more simplified, more basic way of learning. I've been using here at Yavna, we're moving from Bloom's over to Webb's. Webb's is you recall and reproduction. That's the who, what, Abai, Rava, Mr. Bur basic, the basic information, nuts and bolts. Then is the basic application of skills and concepts, strategic thinking, and then go even further, extended thinking. Well, what would have happened if this? What would the Mishnah Brewer have said if the person has no sitter in front of them whatsoever? What if? A what if is extended thinking. Come on, what, what if person has no sitter? So someone who's extended thinking says to themselves, I've learned the Gemara and Brachas that says maybe Avarabba counts as Birka Satora. So maybe when he gets to Avarabba, he should have in mind, that's my Birka Satora. 
if he doesn't have a sitter. He doesn't know the Birk's Torah at the beginning or whatever it is. You understand? You create extended thinking. What if? And that's the goal. That's really what great learning is. It's not just about hearing a shear. It's being able to master the information, doing something with it, and then saying, okay, now that I have this, what could I do? Okay, so Mirza Shem, starting tomorrow, we'll all have, we have a copy of the Gemara in here. Mirza Shem, starting tomorrow, we're going to start from Chagiga Davbeis Amenalef. And we start from the beginning. And the goal will be really um, to know it cold, to know it well, and to really have a command of a great Masechta. The reason I chose Chagiga, it's manageable. The Agadita is amazing. It's your soda stick Agadita that you could use for 20 different Divrei Torah all over the place. If someone asks you to speak at a Sheva Brachas, there's that. Chagiga is amazing for it. The Agadita is so rich and juicy. And you also get a chance to learn a lot of halachas of things you don't know yet. Um, which is great with Chagiga, and it's not too long, and you could finish it, and there's different sections. If we if we peter out by two weeks in, at least we could say we, we really mastered the first unit of the Gemara, the second unit of the Gemara, the third unit of the Gemara. It has nice separate sections that are not necessarily connected from one to the other. We're at a disadvantage. You've been doing this for 40, 30, 40 yeah. years. Yeah. And we're trying to do this in two months. That's why I said we're going to titrate it in, but you don't realize a lot of this stuff, for example, the Zichru, the pictures, you're not I'm going to give you a picture. So it means you just sit there and look at the picture for two minutes. It's not that you need to now juggle in your mind. Oh, I got to do memory palace. I got to do this. I got don't worry about anything. You just learn the Gemara. I'll be introducing as we're going along flashpoints along the way, how to incorporate this, how to incorporate that. And again, you do as much and at the pace you're comfortable with um, as what makes sense for you. If you're going to try to do every single thing on our chart on day one, which we're not going to do, then tafasta maru below tafasta. We're not going to end up doing anything. But Mirza Shem, the goal should be that uh, by the end, by the time of Rosh Hashanah, whatever amount of Chagiga we cover, uh, it'll really be in the palm of your hands. It'll really be a limud that I think you'll have at a level uh, you have not had before. Okay, we'll stop there for today. I start to rationalize it. Uh,